I appreciate all of y'all coming out tonight on this sort of little gloomy afternoon and especially it being Super Bowl night. You know, a lot of people, I'm sure that's where they're glued to right now in front of their TV. Uh, but it's thankful to have you out here tonight. I really thought Lester was going to give me a compliment because when he talks about all the young men we have in this uh, our congregation that really step up and do something, I thought that's what he was going to say tonight, but he hesitated and he just said thankful for all the men. So unfortunately, I guess I'm not in that category. And I still hadn't learned enough to quit following all these young men from the, the mornings, but I guess you just can't teach an old dog new tricks. Tonight I want us to talk just a few minutes about in God we trust. As it was read in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I wonder sometimes, do we really trust in the Lord? I always have to tell a little story. seems like it helps make it just a little bit more meaningful. And we've always heard about uh, the unusual stories about pennies on the sidewalk. You know, being good luck, you know, being a gift from angels, a gift from God. But I want us to think about money in just a little bit different way. Several years ago, there was one of the company's top salesmen, John and his wife, Jill. And they were invited to spend the weekend at the president of the company's home. Both of them were very nervous about this weekend because the boss was a very wealthy man. He had the finest home on the beach. And his cars cost more than John and Jill's house did. So they were very nervous about spending this weekend with him. But the first day and evening went extremely well. Both of them were, they were really delighted to have a glimpse of what, how the real wealthy live. And John's employer, he was quite a generous host. I mean, he had taken them to some of the most exquisite places around and the finest restaurants that they could dine in. Jill was extremely excited because she knew she'd never have the opportunity to indulge in this kind of extravagance again, so she was really, really enjoying herself. That afternoon, that evening, as the three of them were, they were about to enter the most exclusive restaurant in the city, the boss was walking just a little bit ahead of John and Jill. All of a sudden, he stopped suddenly. He looked down at the pavement for a long, silent moment. Jill wondered, you know, am I supposed to pass him? There wasn't anything on the ground but an old penny and some cigarette butts that the people had thrown out. Still and silent, the boss, he reached down and he picked up the penny. He held it, he smiled for a minute, and then he put it in his pocket as if he'd found the greatest treasure of all. And she thought, how absurd. What did this man need for a dirty old penny? He's got everything in the world. Why would he even take his time to stop and pick it up? Well, the dinner was wonderful. And throughout the entire evening, this just kept nagging at Jill. It just kept nagging and nagging. And she wanted to ask him so bad. And she finally said, I can't stand it any longer. I have got to ask him about it. But she did want to ask him for him to come back and say, oh, you know, child, just take care of your pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. She didn't want to hear that. So she thought a little bit about it and she said, she casually mentioned to him that her daughter had had a coin collection. And she noticed he'd picked up the penny and looked at it and she just wondered, did it have some kind of significant value as a collectible item? Well, the boss just, a smile come across his face as he reached into his pocket 
and there was the penny, and he held it out for her to see. And she said, okay, I've seen pennies before. What's the point of this? He said, please read it. And she looked at it, and it said, United States of America. And he said, no, 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 not that. Read a little further. It says one cent. No, that's not what I want you to do. Turn it over. Read again. In God we trust. Yes, that's exactly it. She said, so? He said, let me tell you something. If I trust in God, then the name of God is holy, even on a coin. And whenever I see a coin, I see that inscription. It is written on every single United States coin. But we never seem to notice it. You know, God drops a message right in front of me telling me to trust him. So who am I to pass it up? When I see a coin laying on the ground, I stop, I pray just a moment, and then I ask myself, do I really put my trust in God? And so I bend down and I pick up the coin as a response to God to say, yes, I do trust you. And for a short term, at least just for a few moments, I cherish that coin as if it were gold. I think it's God's way of starting a conversation with me. And you know, lucky for me, God is patient and pennies are plentiful. So the next time you see a coin, just think about that. These young men here have got something they're gonna pass out to everyone and I want everyone in the auditorium to take one, everyone. President John Adams once said, our constitution is designed for a religious and moral people. It is wholly inadequate to govern in any other way. Trusting in God presents no threat whatsoever to the freedom of our country and its people. But removing God from government presents a very grave threat indeed. In God We Trust first appeared on the U.S. coin in 1864, and it has appeared on every paper currency since 1957. Now, all of y'all have been given a dollar bill. Now, you can tell people you've been paid to come to church. But I want you to look at that dollar bill, and I want you to look on the back of it. On the back of it, there are some words at the very top. And I want you to look at them. And I'm not talking about it says the United States of America. That's not what we're looking at. The one right above the one, it says, in God we trust. That phrase is the national motto of the United States. It was done by an act of Congress. And isn't this absolutely incredible? In, face, in the face of hundreds of organizations in this country that are pledged to do away with Christianity, and hundreds and thousands of people that deny the existence of God completely altogether, we have an official document of our country that pledges the allegiance to God. And just think about every atheist, how bad they hate God. But they exchange that piece of paper every day, and they're telling somebody else, in God we trust. How ironic, and how more appropriate for the, for the motto to be on of all places our money. 
But unfortunately, for most people, a more accurate motto for their lives should be, in goods we trust. After all, that's how we get our goods, is with the dollar. We even call it the almighty dollar. But what an amazing reminder we have every day to not put our trust in the almighty dollar, but in the almighty God. How is trust defined? Trust is defined as the reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, surety of a person or thing, confidence. It's defined as confident expectation of something, hope or faith. And it is defined as a person on whom or thing on which one relies. Therefore, we could say, in God we trust, in God we have confidence, in God we have hope, in God we have faith, in God we have reliance. Why should we trust God? What reason do we have? First of all, he is conscious. That means he is aware. Matthew 6, 8. Therefore do not be like them, for you're not, your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. Isn't it wonderful to know that we have a God that's all-knowing? And this is the very first reason we should trust him, because he already knows everything about us. Secondly, God is concerned. He's concerned about us. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You know, whatever concerns you concerns God. So whenever we're faced with problems and situations and obstacles we feel like there is no way we can overcome, all we need to do is just throw them on God's back because he can handle them. He is concerned with everything we do. God is consistent. This means he is faithful and we can always count on him and trust him to do exactly what he says he will do every single time. And it doesn't matter how much trust you put in somebody else, at some point, they will let you down. Even your spouse, as much as you trust them, will let you down at some point in some way. God will never let you down. You can always rely on him. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you are called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Deuteronomy 7, 9, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. So when we're even unfaithful to God, God is still faithful to us. But you know, one thing I had never thought about, it said there, it said for a thousand generations. In today's society, a generation usually occurs about every 25 years. So God's telling you there, he's going to be faithful and he's going to keep his covenants for at least 25,000 years. And just put that in our times. The average lifespan of us is about 80 years. So that tells us no way God is ever going to be unfaithful and not do what he tells us to do. God is capable. In Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, 
Now him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You know, this will suggest that there is nothing too hard for God. Even if he chooses not to grant our request, he's still able to do it and he's still able to supply our every need. And in Psalms, and in Psalms 22, 8, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. What does the Lord deliver us from? He said he trusts in the Lord and let him rescue him. Let him deliver him. The Lord rescues us and delivers us from all kinds of evil that happens in our lives. Have you ever even thought about the things that God may have delivered you from that you didn't even know about? The times we've been spared, protected, from something bad's going to happen? Have you ever been driving down the interstate or down the road and seen a wreck happen exactly in front of you or directly behind you? Have you ever thought two seconds more, that would have been me? Why did that two seconds happen? Did you ever think maybe God spared you from that? There's so many things that God protects us from that we don't even know about, we don't even think about. God is always there protecting us. What are some ways that we can show our trust in God? <clears throat> First, we need to determine our priorities. We need to remember what's most important in life. You see, what really matters in life, it's not the size of our, our investment portfolio, our retirement account. It's not the square footage of our house or the job we have, or even the kind of car we drive. The bottom line is that what we want in life may not always agree with what God wants for us. But wait a minute. After all, isn't this our life? Shouldn't we have a say over what, what it should be? Shouldn't we be the one who calls the shots? Hey, God gave us free will, didn't he? Advertising and peer pressure tells us what's important that high-paying job, that high-paying career, a head-turning car, a drop-dead gorgeous home, and even a spouse that will make everybody else green with envy. That's what the peers and advertising tells us. But if we fall for the ideas of the world, what it matters to them, we get trapped in what I like to call the loop of next time. That new car, that new promotion, the new job, that new relationship you're in, the happiness that it was going to bring you, may not bring it, but what's the, what do most people say? Wait till next time, and it becomes a loop. You try to get more and more, trying to get more and more happiness, and it's always wait till next time. But that loop's always the same because we were actually created for something better than that, something deeper down inside us and we know that you know when you finally reach the place in life where your head agrees with your heart you're still hesitant because it's a scary situation to be in because trusting in the Lord will require that you abandon everything you've ever believed about what brings happiness and fulfillment in your life it requires that you accept the truth that God knows what's best for you do we all remember what Jesus said? In Matthew 22, 37, 39, Jesus said to him, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. According to Jesus, what matters most in life is loving God and loving people. Another way we can show our trust in God is be God's light to the world today. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The world we live in still lives in darkness, and they need to see that light. They need to see that light on the hill, that light from us. They need to hear that, the word of the life. They need to hear the word of Jesus and to hear that plan of salvation so that they can have that living hope in an inheritance that can never be spoiled to fade or pass away. Another way we can show our trust in God is wait on the Lord and live by his timetable. And sometimes that becomes very difficult. How do you wait on God? What do we think about? What do we say to others as we're waiting on God's timing? Is there happiness, gladness, praise in our, in our voice, in our actions? Is there doubt, bitterness, angry? You know, when we truly trust God, then our faith will demonstrate itself through our actions and by our choice of words. I want to ask you something. What would you have said or what would you have done and how would you have reacted if you were Noah pounding on that nail or Joseph counting the bars in the prison, David looking for the rocks, Abraham leading Isaac up the mountain or Paul being shipwrecked and in prison. All of these great men, they inspired faith in spite of all of their circumstances. Proper waiting brings a greater capacity for service. Isaiah 40, 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. <clears throat> you know, waiting is not meant to be a time that we do absolutely nothing. And the best example I can think of doing nothing is sitting in a doctor's office waiting room, waiting on the doctor. That sometimes feels like the most wasted time you have in the world. <clears throat> but every moment that we have should be the preparation for the next moment in God's plan. Many times we don't see the big picture God has for us, and we don't understand all the small parts. You know, it would be almost like putting a jigsaw puzzle together and never seeing the picture of what you're trying to do. But having the trust and faith in God means leaving that big picture to God. Let God be concerned with that. And my role is nothing more than being continually obedient to him. Literally, that means without any kind of interruption. Another way we can show our trust to God is the way we worship. In Psalms 119.47, And I will delight myself in, the, in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands will also lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statues. It says, I will delight myself in thy commandments. When we say delight, it means to have an intense emotion towards something. So I will have an intense emotion myself 
in the commandments. What kind of list do we have the things we get excited about? Do we get excited about family? What about the Super Bowl that's going on right now, that big game, the greatest game of the year? Planning the family vacation, watching our favorite TV show, or getting that tax refund that we're hoping we're going to get. Do we get excited about those things? And all those things is perfectly fine to get excited about. The biggest problem is, is where is knowing God's will on that list? Where do we get excited about God's will? Do we worship on the inside as well as what others see us do on the outside? Do I stop and talk with God? Pray. Do I listen to what God tells me? By reading his word. And by reading his word, where do we stand today on our reading list? Are we doing God's will? Are we listening to him? Are we doing our daily reading? You know, a lot of times when everything's going great, it's easy to trust in God. I've got a great job. Everything's going perfect. I've got a great family atmosphere. Everything's going perfect. I can't have anything wrong in my life. And it's easy to trust God. I can thank God every moment for everything I'm having. But what happens when life gets a little bit hard? And unfortunately, that's what mo most of us at. Life is a little bit hard. So what do we do then when life is trying and tough? A little story to tell you about. One day a fire broke out in a family's home. Everyone got out of the house except a little five-year-old boy. The young boy was trapped upstairs in the bedroom. He ran to the window and, be and began to yell, Daddy, help me. The boy's father was on the, the ground right under him, and he was frantically yelling at him, said, Jump, son, I'll catch you. The little boy cried out, But Daddy, I can't see you for the smoke. The dad calmed down. He just said to the boy, he said, It's okay, son. I can see you. Jump, and I will catch you. Just trust me. You know, when times are tough, there's many times we can't see the solution. We can't see that way out. But that's when we've got to put our full faith and trust in God and trust him because God can always see us. You know, life can be difficult, and it seems like there's some people can face life's hardships with courage, and they come out stronger on the other side. They're able to climb even what is, seems like the most impossible mountain in their life. Others, however, seem unable to recover from any kind of difficulty. And they end up bitter, blaming others, or blaming God for their misfortune, and just sinking into depression. You know, the ones who usually survive are the ones that have their faith and trust in God most always. Those who trust him to help through the tough times. How can we gain that ability to trust God when life is really hard? First thing is, let go of thinking life should always go your way. God answers every prayer. He really does. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes it's no. And sometimes it's just wait. Be happy with the things when things go well in your life. Enjoy each day and look for the good in it. But let go of feeling entitled to a problem-free life. God never said we were going to have a problem-free life. We have free will to choose to do good or to do bad. But unfortunately, so does everybody else in this world. 
Therefore, sometimes we don't get what we want. Bad things happen. But also sometimes we don't get what we want because it wouldn't be good for us. You know, remember, God knows everything about us. And you just need to always remind yourself that God has your best interest in mind and he loves you no matter what. Secondly, ask God for help by praying. You know, but always remember, God never promised to shield us from the difficulties. He only promises to be with us if we're willing to accept him. Being angry and blaming God won't help you get through the valley. Asking him to be with you, to help you, can help you endure more than you ever thought would be able on your own. Sometimes we wonder, how should we pray? The best thing is, is just speak to God like you're talking to a friend. That's the best prayers you can ever have. It's just talk to a friend. You don't have to have exquisite words or phrases or anything. Just sit down and talk and say, hey, God, I need help. That's the way you talk to God. And when you do this, don't ask him to remove all your difficulties in life. Just ask him for comfort and strength. And if you'll do that, you will be able to grow in faith and courage if you pray that way. Another way we can learn to trust God when life is, is tough, listen or read of stories of others. Listen to other people. Their experiences will help you. They've dealt through it. God doesn't keep us from tests and trials. He just helps us get through them. Talk to other folks or read books of, of inspiration where these people have dealt with problems and they put their faith in God. When you do that, it will help give you hope. Talking to a friend always helps. Fourthly, be grateful. Make a list of the things you appreciate in life, even if it's just as basic as the roof over your head and food on your table. Just tell God what you're thankful for every night. Your family, your children, your wife, your husband, your job. Thankful for the rain. Thankful for the snow. Be thankful for the cold weather. Whatever it is, just tell God you're thankful for it because the simple act of noticing the good things in your life, it will help you to have a more positive attitude and help you to see God's hand in all things, whether it's good or bad. Fifthly, get beyond yourself. Reach out to others who can help or who can encourage you. Any difficult situation always seems worse when you try to face it alone. Ask others to support you to pray for you and be willing to do the same for them. And when life really seems rough, reach out to others who are hurting because many times they're hurting more than you are and it will put your problems in the proper perspective in which the way it should be. And six, adopt an eternal perspective. God promises to make us all well if we will only believe. But he doesn't promise that'll happen right now in this life on earth. You know, some of the prayers that we ask for, they get answered in heaven. We'll be able, when we're able to trust God and we can put our focus on the fact that this life, with all of its struggles and pains it have, is temporary. But heaven is eternal. 
So we need to adopt that eternal perspective. You know, God made promises to great individuals in the Old Testament, and he fulfilled those promises. All those individuals trusted God. Noah was saved his household and became heir to the righteousness which was according to the faith. Abraham, his seed was numbered like the stars in the sky's multitude, as a sand which is innumerable on the seashore. Moses, he led the children out of bondage to the promised land. You know, God fulfilled his promises to all those folks in the Old Testament. But is God any different now? Is his words of promise any less true? Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, Come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 28, 20, Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark 13, 31, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. John 6:40 And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up in that last day. John 14:14 14, 14, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14:21 He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest himself to him. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal to him. Mark 13, 26 and 27. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest part of the earth to the farthest part of heaven. You know, God fulfilled his promises to Noah, to Abraham, and to Moses, and he will fulfill these promises that Jesus has made to us. God proved his commitment to us by sending his son on this earth to become a man, to walk among men, and to carry our sins to the cross and die with him. Now I would like for y'all to do something. That dollar bill I give you, I want you to take it and I want you to fold it. I want you to fold the top down right above in God we trust. And I want you to fold the bottom up right under the one. And then I want you to fold the side around on one side and the other side. So when you're finished, the only thing you will see is in God we trust, one. Then I want you to do one other thing. I want you to take and draw a line through we, and right under it, put an I. In God, I trust. You know, it'll be just like that old cliche, if you take care of your pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. If we take care of the I in God we trust, the we will take care of itself in God we trust. And when you're finished, I want you to put that dollar in your billfold, in your pocketbook, somewhere to keep it. Because every time you pull it out, I want you to see that it says, in God I trust. And let it be a reminder to you of how awesome God is. 
and that I can put my trust in him. I will always place my trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on his understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The fact of the matter is, do we really trust God? Are we willing to follow his commandments and become a child of his? Or if you've let the world take control of your actions and your thoughts and what you do, do you trust God enough to forgive you of your sins? We need to all place God in our trust. We need to trust in God. If you've let your trust in God go down, there's not a better time right now to replace that trust in God. If you have any need or any concern in your life, would you come as we stand and sing?